And we're back. Once again, welcome to another Be Well Beloved Wednesdays. Or depending on where you're listening to this at, um, it might be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Saturday. But in either case, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm your co-host, Sadan Long, and this is Chatting With Country. And guess what? Country's going to tell us something really cool today. Is she? Yes, she is. Like what? You're going to tell us what your favorite day of the week is. Every day. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Guys, th- let me be clear. I just did that to try to keep her on the toes because she didn't know what to expect. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we could label this plan on the pod. <laughs> Look, every day is my best day. Uh, yeah. So anyway, how are you? That's funny. I'm doing good. I cannot complain. Not at all. Um, We did a couple of podcasts about life be life. And and there was some very touching stuff that was taking place in both of those podcasts with my sisters, actually my baby sisters. And so, yeah, just it's some good things going on. And it's just great to be able to have positive people in your life to pour into you, you know, to uplift you, somebody that you can go and just dump it all on and you feel better once it's all done because life in every aspect can sometimes be tough. And so we are here today to just talk about those things. Um, yeah better positive outlooks and so that's that for us today i'll jump in as needed okay well well, and life does be life and i know we had you know in our pre um you know pod conversation we were talking about life life and just how to to deal with it you know because you know we live in a world now where people are hypercritical they're not just critical they're hypercritical you know, mm-hmm. everything, you know, you post a picture on social media, they, they making it bigger and they trying to see what's behind you and trying to see things, you know, in your house, or if you put something on, you know, somebody somewhere is trying to, you know, figure out if you got on the shaper or if you wear the bra. And it's just like, people just seem to have so much time to tear people apart. You know, very seldom mm-hmm. do they have time to build people up, but definitely to tear people apart. And realistically man that could get on your nerves you know it could mess with your self-esteem it could mess with your ability to earn a living depending on how much of that stuff you internalize yeah so again if you're tuning in man i really want you to 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 really get a hold of this stuff and hopefully not only when you will you get a hold of it but you'll be able to use it you know because once you start you know not caring (laughs) what other people think of you because you're knowing deep down in your heart, hey, my intentions are good. It changes everything. You know, like I was laughing this morning, you know, because, you know, I run every morning. But today, you know, I was a little tired, didn't really want to go. Foot's a little sore, knees a little sore, hips a little sore. And I just didn't want to do it. 
So as I'm probably in the midst of my fifth mile, you know, it's a real slow, deliberate pace. And the guy pulls up and tells me I need to pick up the pace. Now, the old me probably would have let dude have it. Like, man, you got me messed up. But I was kind. I was gracious. You know, so he kept talking. You know, so then he said, man, I need to get out there with you. Hey, man, go and park the car. Come on, let's go. Oh, man, not today. <laughs> so let's be clear. I am probably on my 13th day out of 15 days of five miles or better. And I don't know you from Adam, but you feel like you could then roll up on me and tell me I'm not moving fast enough. Mm-hmm. Where the old me would have let him have it. Like, man, you got me messed up. The new me or the newer me, the me I've been for the last couple of years is like, man, it's your 13th day. Man, this is your fourth and a half mile. It is 78 degrees out here. You are a 51-year-old man. You are doing marvelous. And if he wants to show me how to run this at a better place, then he's going to have to get out of his car. And that's well, he is running at a better pace. That's why he in his car. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's he why got, he in there. You got your four wheels. You got your four right. wheels. Uh-huh. But I bring that up to say that I'm not looking at what he's saying and, and trying to please him or appease him or defend myself to him. That's not what I'm doing. I'm looking at the same man. I am on my 13th out of 15 days. You know, I'm usually at least four or five days a week, 24-7, 365, rain, sleet, snow, shine. So my work enables me to then say, this is the best I can do. And I'm not trying to compete with somebody. And a lot of times what will happen in our families and our careers is that we'll let people take shots at us that we won't then assess and review and examine, you know, like, yeah, should I be running at a faster pace? Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. But I know he ain't the one qualified to say it. You know, because he's not even willing to get out his car. You know, should you be further along in life? Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. But I know somebody who ain't doing nothing with their time, who has no courage to take risk in their own life, they don't qualify to comment on yours. You know? I have a friend who she travels all over the world and primarily a lot of it's done for business. You know, she's global exec and people are always talking about, Ooh, girl, I need your job. Ooh, let me know when they hiring. And she's like, well, if they're hiring, they're not going to hire, you know, for you to be in Brazil or London or UK, they're going to hire for you to be in a rice field or a corn patch at some factory in some <laughs> small town that you never heard of. And then, you know, the people are like, well, why you say that? Like, because that's how you get in the game. That's how you start. You have to work your way up to this. So when people are looking at you, you know, they're not looking at the work. But what you have to look at when you're looking at you, you know, when you're trying to figure out is this working or is it not working? You have to first say, man, what have I actually accomplished? How far have I come? You know, 
because there's that dash between when you start and when you finish in anything, your life, um, your schooling, whatever. And that's where the, the work is. You know, nobody knows what you are up to at three o'clock in the morning trying to take that final, but you, you know, nobody knows what you were up to when you had to drive all the way out there for your externship or your internship. Nobody knows that part. So you have to realistically assess your situation, assess, is this my best? You know, look at and celebrate the work that it took to get to where you are, even if where you are by other people's standards is not as far as they are. You know, because a lot of us, you know, again, when we say life be life, you know, a lot of us are doing this with, you know, absentee parents, absentee co-parents. A lot of us are doing this with aging parents. A lot of us are doing this through cars breaking down, rent going up, COVID, and you still making it. So before you allow someone to steal your joy, you got to look at how far you come. You know, you have to look at the fact and say, yeah, I was in a situation where I was almost 40 pounds. I'm about 270 right now. Okay. So you could say, yeah, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't thin. Yeah, but I'm a lot better than I was. You know, so you got to give yourself credit for a lot better than I was. You know, you got to give yourself credit for the things you overcome, you know, and not let people who are not qualified, not qualified. You know, they don't know you. They don't know your story. They don't know what you've been through. 90% of the people, if they knew what you've been through, they would shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, somebody going through, oh, she looking bad. And then somebody else who knows you and has compassion for your empathy for you come along and be like, well, you know, she lost her mama. Well, you know, her daddy said, you know, and then when you start telling them that stuff, and you know, she got cancer, then all that other stuff that they've been doing, then they feel bad. They feel convicted. But for you, you don't have to buy into it. You don't even got to fight that battle. You know, because again, the fact that, you know, the words, you know, my, you know, my, my homie Meek Mill, if you made it this far, you amazing. You know, I mean, I see it all the time. I see mothers trying to go to school, work their job, take care of their kids on limited resources and still get good grades. You don't think that's amazing? That is amazing. I mean, in fact, I mean, you know, I shout out the country. You know, you moved halfway across the country. Country. <laughs> country moved halfway across the country <laughs> you know versus your current situation is like night and day you know and you've been able to still thrive and maintain and raise kids and still be a good mom and still work in your ministry and still help other people so we're gonna let somebody come along and tear that down and they don't know half the story no, absolutely not. absolutely not. And so um, just to kick us off, we are discussing being positive on purpose, how to get love, how to build friendships, how to gain the respect that you feel like you should have. And so, you know, a lot of people may go with 
What is it to even be positive? What is positive? And so the definition of positive is full of hope and confidence or giving cause for hope and confidence. And so purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. And so when you are being positive on purpose, it's a whole mindset. That's where a lot of things start. It starts in your mind, it connects with your heart, and then it comes to pass. As we are working on our thoughts and creating this positive atmosphere, we are basically building a brand. Like people know you by your character. And so if you walk through a door, you know, it's like, okay, there's country. She is an okay girl, but she a cut you, you know. But <laughs> um, I might see Keisha up the block and be like, mm, here she come with her negative self, you know. And so we really have to work on that transformation, especially in households that were just chaotic, where your mom and your father just talk bad at you, called you every name but the child of God you know, or you struggled in that household and you didn't have the support that you needed. Or it appeared to be a loving household because you didn't have nothing else to compare it to. And once mm-hmm. you stepped out, you realized that, okay, this was not, you know, what I should have encountered. And so what's your thoughts on that? Okay, well, positive versus negative. I mean, positive affects you in every way. It allows you to be seen differently and when you're seen differently here's how that impacts your life you know it might impact you in regard to relationships because now if you're not with somebody maybe somebody you know will then introduce you to somebody of quality that you would be happy to meet because they see you as a positive person you know somebody might be willing to recommend you for a job or recommend you for a raise or recommend you you know for a position in the community that you may not have otherwise been able to attain because people see you as positive. So now because people see me as positive, I am in rooms that not only help my finances and help me with my brand quote unquote, but you know, it helps me to start moving my family in a different direction, you know, because now my kids could track it. They could say, yeah, I remember when mama really started to change. I remember when she became more positive. And then they could look at all the things that came afterward. You know, and, you know, and from a relationship standpoint, you know, we'll go relationship first and then we'll go friendship and then we'll go employment. But from a relationship standpoint, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're at work and it's just like, Man, they on my nerves. They they humiliating me, yelling at me, and just giving me a hard time and threatening me. You know, what well, if you can't do the job, we get somebody else. And you know, they hit me with these performance appraisals, or you know, they paying with my money. Now, what's the last thing you want when you get home? You know, because now I'm in need of a hug. <laughs> you know, I'm in need of some some positive reinforcement because mm-hmm. you know they just told my little, little ego down today. So when I get home, what do I want? You know, do I want somebody who's blaming me and telling me, you know, that they should have married somebody else or that, you know, I'm not good enough, you know, or do I want somebody who's positive and telling me, hey, I'm glad to see you. You know, y'all know you had a, a tough day today, but it's going to be okay. 
yeah, I know they said that about you, but I believe in you. You know, because now that person wants to come home. You know, that person want to come home to you because you're their safe space. You know, and a lot of times it starts with just being grateful. You know, because again, and when you look at stuff and you say people are supposed to do it, or that's what a man's supposed to do, or that's what a woman supposed to do, it keeps you from being grateful. You know, because you figure, hey, that's just what's supposed to happen, whether I'm good, bad, positive, or negative. But when you start to be grateful for every little thing you have, you know, from your health to your house to the food in your refrigerator to the fact that your gas and your water is on. Then when that person comes through the door who's been worrying and fighting and and hustling, trying to make a living for the family, because you're grateful, it allows you to then be positive. Mm -hmm. So you got to start with the what am I grateful for? I'm grateful that I didn't have to sleep outside last night. You know, I'm grateful that when I turned on the water this morning, the water came on. I'm grateful that when I turned on the light, the light came on. I'm grateful that we have, you know, beds to sleep in, couches to sit on, food to eat. You know, and who's part of the reason that we have that? My partner, whether it's your wife, whether it's your girlfriend, whether it's your boyfriend. My partner is part of the reason we got that because some of their money went on it. So now once you get that gratitude part right, then when that person comes through the door, let the first thing that you come out of your mouth be positive. No, let the first thing that come out of your mouth be positive. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I missed you. And it will change the mood of your house because now that person will want to come home. And if you were the person out there in the streets, and I know this from talking to a lot of moms who don't have a husband at home, but they got ungrateful ass kids. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to be appreciated sometime. You know, you get home, you just want a kid to say thank you. You know, you get home sometime, you just want the kids to have cleaned up and, and, and wash the dishes. So you see how that positivity works and how that kind word works and how consideration works and positive and kind. And those are all part of the same tree. They just different branches. But the root is gratitude. So in order to be positive on purpose, you have to first take inventory of the things that you're grateful for. You know, because it's easy to get into the things that you don't have. You You know, too, you know, um, if we can get in that positive thinking mindset, the benefits are so much greater mm-hmm. you know the enjoyment is there along with the health benefits too right. is better your physical health is Absolutely. better and a lot of people are surprised like you know just take a person that's that have a family but is still alone and mm-hmm. they are just in this routine of negative thoughts and negative stuff, negative videos, negative things with social media, watching the news all day type person. Right. And then you have somebody that enter into their and they are positive. And mm-hmm. at first it's like, what the heck? 
you know, get away from me. What's going on? But then they start to melt a little bit like butter and right. start to absorb the energy from that person. And now people's wondering, like, where did that come from? Right. Now he or she is starting to do things. Yeah, now he or she is starting to do things I never thought they would do. But that person was open to receiving some of the positive juices that you had, you know. But here's the thing on, on both sides, you know, when you meet the person who's positive, you know, because one thing you said about, you know, it's good to have somebody that you can, can kind of pour your troubles out to, you know. But the thing with that is you have to, at some point, take some action. You know, so you have to at some point say, hey, I'm going to start handling some of these issues. I'm going to start working through some of these issues. If I got to go to therapy, I'm going to go to therapy. If I got to lose weight, I'm going to lose weight. If I got to, you know, write every night in my journal, I'm going to write every night in my journal. But I'm going to do it because if you continually dump on a good person, you're going to wear them out. You know? you know, like I know, everybody got a friend or two that when they see their name on the phone, it's like, oh, and she come with that garbage. Because you get so used to them only having problems and issues and needing stuff. And if you at home ask yourself, how do I want to be seen? You know, do I want to be seen as the person that nobody wants to talk to? Because every time I call them, it's like, girl, let me tell you, girl, you know your boy tripping again. Or do you want to be somebody that people look forward to hearing from? I mean, that's that's my question to you. That's not me telling you what to do. You have to decide how you want to be seen. Now, if you want to be seen in a better light, then you have to act better. You know, on purpose, you know, because it's easier to be critical. You know, it's easier for somebody to say I need to pick up the pace than it is for them to get out the car and run with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's easier for somebody to talk about you you know, than it is to do something. Like, I always talk about people. You know, people want to see you fail. You know, that's just, people are out to see you fail. I laugh at my because he'd be like, I absolutely love it. I love when people post their life on Facebook and then, you know, the next week, it's not that way no more. And they crying and boohooing. You know, that's my TV show. So right. you got people out there that's just waiting on you to just mess up so they can get off on what you're doing. But that's because your head is in a different cloud and your focus is off. But if you see things as a process and you see things and you say, okay, well, that didn't work. Now I need to adjust my process. Then you don't feel bad. You, know, you don't feel bad. Like, like with me, like I've been fired. I've been broke. I've gone broke, <laughs> you know, but I wouldn't trade any of it because it all made Define me Define broke. Define broke. Mm, let's see. I've been broke to the point where I had to give blood so I could put my clothes in cleaners and put gas in the car to go on job interviews. Broke. Um, been broke to where, hey, I'm in the grocery store and I got to decide if I'm going to buy a quarter bag of chips or not. You know, I really, I went through a period of a while ago now where, hell, you know, I literally was like, okay, cool. I got $15. Okay, what can I get in the grocery store for $15? 
and you know it'd be potatoes, bread, bread potatoes, mm-hmm. you know, family pack of polishes, you know, some little grease, some cans of tuna. Well, right. you ain't getting all that fifteen dollars now, but yeah, yeah. But at I that time, it. that fifteen, you know, that's you know, we talk about fifteen dollars a week. I'm living on, and you could recover from that. I recovered from that, you know, but. Again, you learn your lessons and and you learn your lessons and you realize that if you're a positive person, that in the midst of that stuff, your blessings will come. You know, when I was on that $15 ministry, I remember, you know, girl I went to college with, well, not with college, high school with, that I went to high school with, she had moved back in the area. We were friends. And one time she just brought back, brought me a whole bag of groceries and was like, well, I couldn't get them all in my refrigerator. Like, how crazy is that? You know, she didn't embarrass me. She didn't shame me or nothing. She just was like, hey, man, I left you some food on the uh, on the porch. You know, but had I been a shitty person to her, had I been a mean person to her, had I been a disrespectful person to her, her heart probably wouldn't have went out to me. So when you think about friendships, right, and being positive to them, with a purpose, what does that look like? Well, in friendships, it's being supportive on purpose. Like, I hear what you're going through. Yeah, that might be difficult. That might be tough. But I'm not about to judge you for it. You know, because sometimes when our friends come to us and life is lifing and they do some things that maybe we wouldn't do, we immediately want to jump on them and call them stupid and say, you better than that. And sometimes you just need to listen. You know, sometimes you just need to show them that even if you doing something that I don't agree with, I still love you. That even if you're doing something that realistically is not going to lead you to where you're trying to go, I still love you. That my love is not determined upon you acting a certain way. You know, so you have to literally be like, yeah, regardless of what you do, my respect for you ain't going to change. You know, Regardless of whether or not you back with your baby daddy or not, I still rock with you. You know, regardless of whether or not you ain't worked in six months, I still got you. You know, because those are the friendships that matter. You know, it doesn't matter if I can't tell you anything. Why are we friends if I can't tell you nothing? <laughs> what good is that? You know, why are we friends if, you know, you only going to make me feel bad as the ops? You know, if my enemies, you know, make me feel bad, but you make me feel worse, then are you my friend or my enemy? You know, are you a friend of me? You know, are we, you know, are we in a, I'm happy to see you fail. Ha ha, I told you kind of move. You know, I don't have to be right to love you. You don't have to act a certain way for me to love you. I love you because it's you. Now, I might not agree with it. But I know that you have a good heart. So even if you did something that I don't agree with, because I know you have a good heart, it probably came from a good place. No, I mean, I've had friends get back with boyfriends that I thought were horrible for them. But that's who you love. So who am I to say something different? You know, we have to give people space to to be who they are. You know, and we don't want to try to make people fit into a standard that we have for them. You know, we have to allow them to be who they are. I mean, it's like when we go to church and 
And you know, like I know, it's kids in the church making mistakes like everybody else's kids. But what happens when they make that mistake? Are we still loving and kind? Or are we trying to ship them off? You know, we trying to shun them and, and do all that type of stuff, you know, and make them feel bad and, and tell them they're going to hell. Or are we saying that we love you regardless? Because you know, that's what a friendship looks like. It looks like I can be who I am. I can not have to fit in. I can not have to perform. I can not have to hide. I could tell you exactly who I am, you know, whether it's gay, straight, rich, poor, or whatever. And you accept me on the content of my character. And if you were better at that, then you would have more friends. Because now it wouldn't be people hiding stuff from you. It wouldn't be people resenting you. They'd be able to come to you and you know what was on their mind. And you'd have people that you built up enough emotional capital with that you can then go to them and share what's on your mind. Because yeah. again, when, some, when you're going through something, what do you want? Do you want the kind person who's like, well, it's going to be okay and, and give you a hug and tell you they love you? Or you want the person to tell you you're stupid? Girl, you know, you know, you know what happened last time. I don't even know why you did that. And that don't make no sense. Huh? How is that going to make us closer? How is that going to build our bond? How is that a friendship? That's just you ridiculing me and throwing rocks at me like everybody else. Hmm. No. I shouldn't have to come into my home. I shouldn't have to come into my safe space. I shouldn't have to come into my circle and get the same things that the people in the street doing to me. My friends ain't supposed to betray me, talk about me behind my back, call me stupid, try to humiliate me and embarrass me and put my business in the street and run me down. No, my friends are supposed to be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, we might have to, you know, not go out for a while, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, girl, you know, I, I'm going to be praying for you. You know, uh, I got some groceries. I'm going to bring them over there. You know, because I didn't live in this generation, but it feels like that there was a time when if you was doing bad, you know, we throw a rent party for you. You know, we'd be in the kitchen talking about don't blame Mr. Charlie. <laughs> Mr. Charlie, just a man. You know, that we would look out for each other. We'd help each other. And the person that was being looked out for would then be grateful and take the opportunity to step their game up so that when the time came and they had to look out for somebody else, they could. Am I wrong? Or is that just a song? Yeah, I don't know the songs. Oh, I know the song. Don't blame Mr. Charlie. Mr. Charlie is just a man. And he's doing the best he can. That's um after the pain. I think it's Betty Wright. Mm -hmm. <laughs> after the pain. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't blame Charlie then. Don't, don't blame, blame Mr. Charlie. Mr. Charlie is just a man. I think Sadan trying to showcase his singing skills. Well, I was out of key, so if I was, that really wasn't. <laughs> but, you know, check the song right. out. Uh, after the pay, Betty Wright. Mm. So, being positive on purpose, how do you do that and get the respect that you want? Okay. I see. Now, this is my favorite part of the whole piece. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I saw the biggest leap. 
professionally when I started doing this. Okay. So you want people to see you as a leader. Negative people are very seldom in leadership positions, at least not for long. So here's what I started doing. Before I went into a meeting, first of all, I got there on time for the meetings. I wasn't late, wasn't running in. I was trying to be one of the first people there. Okay. So that's the first step. Be there early, be on time. You know, and early is on time. On time is late. So when I walked in the room, I made sure I touched everybody. Literally. I walked up to them, looked them out of eye, said good morning, shook their hand, asked them how they was doing. And immediately, that changed how people looked at me. You know, it was like magic. <laughs> it was like, wow. Because now I feel like, and I look like a leader. I mean, I feel like a leader to them because I'm, good morning, how you doing? Good to see you again. How's your weekend? You know, and if you really got to know them, you could then ask them stuff like, how's your son doing? So now I'm energetic. I'm making eye contact. I'm positive. I'm learning things about them that they are proud and happy of about. How your son doing? Oh, wow. Look like you lost a little weight. Oh, I see you got your hair done. And you might be like, oh, that's fake. But you got to fake it till you make it. You know, you got to practice being positive until you can actually really be positive. You know, and when you do that, now the people in the room, they look at you differently because nobody else is doing that. You know, now it might mean that you got to go to bed a little bit earlier. You know, it might mean that, you know, you got to work out a little bit more so that you can keep that energy up during the day so that you can have the kind of energy you need to go into these meetings and be a leader. You know, to be somebody who's positive, to be somebody who makes other people feel calm. You know, because I mean, in times like this, you look at the president, the president don't get up there and, and start criticizing everybody unless you Trump. But the majority of our presidents, you know, were calm, cool, collected. And we followed them. Why? Because they seem like the people we should follow. You know, if you walk into the room like, hey, good morning, how you doing? Good to see you. How's your kids? How was your weekend? Now you seem like you're concerned. You seem like you care and you early. So even if you don't know nothing about what's going on in the meeting, <laughs> you look like you do because you was early and energetic. So now when people walk out of that meeting, they walk out of that meeting feeling good about you. If the last time they saw you, it was a positive, energetic exchange. They see you as positive and energetic. You know, so now, you know, I used to always tell people when I would write up their performance appraisal, and I would always say that I never make up what's on the performance appraisal you do. And all I'm going to do is document whatever you did, good or bad. You know, and what typically would stick out in my mind is their attitude. Like you might not have the best numbers, but you're trying hard. You, know, you might not have the best numbers, but you're not distracting other people. You might not have the best numbers, but there are other things that you do for the team and for morale that are intangible, that can't be um, measured. So I would give points for that. You know, I would give points because, yeah, your customer service is great. Now, you might not be able to sell as much as Johnny, but the customers that you do have, they really appreciate you. you know, the customers that you do have, 
you know, those are the customers that are really, you know, giving the good ratings that are giving me calls and saying, I really appreciate Carol. I really appreciate Kim. You know, she was so helpful today. Yeah, because that is good for business, too, because that person, next time they come, they're going to bring their daughter with them. They're going to bring their girlfriend with them. You know, they're going to bring their neighbor with them because of how you treated them. You know, same thing if you're working, you know, in service, you know, when you get to those tables, if you're energetic and you're positive, you get bigger tips. You know, if you work in the cash register, if you're energetic and you're positive, now you get energetic, positive energy back and you affect business. Like they can literally track. OK, Carol works from from 12 to 7, man, from 12 to 7. Our snack sales are up from 12 to 7. Our gas sales are up. Our Carol need more hours. So these intangible things have tangible results. So now who do you want to promote? The person that's on time and energetic? The person that has great customer service and makes people feel good and people have a good feeling about? Or the negative person who's late and complaining and you know, distracting other people because, you know, misery loves company. So they always having these little pity parties. Who do you want to work with? You want to work with that person or the positive person? So when it's time to make cuts, who are you fighting for? The negative person or the positive person? And if you're the negative person, now what? You reinforce that negativity because now you don't have a job and now you got to go home. And now more than likely, if you're with somebody, they're not going to want to be with you because you're negative. You're bringing that negative energy home. You know, so you have to practice your way out of it. You know, And you have to do it not because you feel like it, but because it's the right thing to do. You know, Because I want to have great relationships and great friendships. I want to be in a position of respect on my job. I want to be the person you know, that they want to give hours to, that they want to promote, that they want to put in the leadership position. You know? And if my attitude is poor, then that's probably not going to happen. It's not impossible, but it's just not likely. You know, the probability of it happening is very low. You know, whereas a positive person, it might be eight out of 10. A negative person might be one out of 10. You know, and plus it allows you to make friends. You know, you fun to be around and you careful and kind with your words, then people want to befriend you. And now when you start talking about, well, it's all about who you know. Okay, but if you're seen as a positive person, somebody you know sees you as a positive person, they may recommend you for something. You know, and it also keeps you out of trouble in the country. You know this one. You know, when you get to when you get to gossiping with folks and talking negative with folks, for some reason, you always end up being the one that they talk about when it comes out. They'll never be the one that started the conversation. They're always the one that had the conversation with you that's blaming you. Like, I ain't say that. She said that. You know, and then the person who y'all were talking about, they looking at you like, well, why do they feel so comfortable sharing that type of information with you? You know, so positivity can keep you out of trouble. 
know, it keep you out of the gossip. It keep you out of the, you know, out of the messiness, which is another key in getting promoted and keeping your job. Which is another key in keeping your house together, which is another key in keeping your friendships together. You know, because if you're talking about somebody behind their back and it get out, now how are we gonna be friends? You broke trust. You know, I mean, I see it a lot with men. You know, well, I see a lot of relationships in general, not just with men, but you see people have these pillow talk conversations and they share intimate details of other people's situations. And then the people that they share them with get out there in the streets and betray trust and get to talking about all the stuff that they they were told. So now, how do you live in the house with somebody you betray trust to? So, I mean, you really have to think about these things. And I don't want to make up your mind for you. I want you to make up your mind. How do you live in the house after, you know, he or she done told you about what's going on between his mom and dad, and now you done told everybody. How does that work? Is that person going to keep trusting you? Is that person going to defend you and care for you and love you and be there for you when you come home from a hard day's work? Or are you going to run them away? No. Again, I'm not trying to make it up for you. I want you to make it up for yourself as to say, yeah, I'm probably doing some things that's working against me. Not because Sadan says so, not because country says so, but because, yeah, I can see it. No. Have you have you ever had any of these things happen to you? I mean, how did you feel when you told somebody something and then they told everybody? No. no. How did you feel when you came home and it was a hard day and everybody at home was looking at you like, well, when you going to cook? <laughs> As opposed to saying, hey, I'm happy to see you. I missed you. How did you feel? No. So don't be a part of that. And if you need to separate yourself from it in order to be positive, then do that. And that's, 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 that's a difficult, you know, I'll share some, some conversation I had with my cousin one time. You know, she was in a relationship with a guy and she moved in with him. She was on top of the world and just gotten her nursing's license and was doing great. And he wasn't doing as well as he wanted to. Not necessarily saying he was doing bad, just wasn't doing as well as he wanted to. So he was going through a real rough patch that seemed to last for years. And slowly she went from being ecstatic and happy and overjoyed to complaining and, and, and stressed and frustrated. And I remember telling her one day, I was like, you need to go to therapy. And she was like, I ain't going to no therapy. I was like, well, I don't know what you need to do if you're not willing to, to go to therapy and work out your frustrations there. But I could tell you this, that you can never be happy in the house with somebody that's negative. It don't work like that. Either you're going to be two happy people or you're going to be two negative people. But you are never going to see light and darkness in the same place. So if you're the person who is in a house with somebody who's negative, try being positive. And maybe that'll be the thing that makes them want to be more positive too. Or if you are the positive person and you know the negativity has lasted too long, you might have to say, hey, it's time for me to go. So, and that's the same thing with family members and cousins. Like, hey, man, I'm not going to let you keep them in my life. 
So I might not be talking to you as much. I might not be coming to as many events. You know, I might have to separate myself from some of my friends because, you know, my energy is important. You know, I talk about investing versus spending all the time. You know, when you spend time or you spend energy, that's energy you don't get back. You know, when you invest energy or time into something or someone, you know, that's energy that multiplies. You know, like I'm cool with the podcast. I love the podcast. Why? Because I always walk away feeling better. You know, I walk away with a sense of I've been able to be helpful. You know, and if I've been helpful, please say so. And if I'm not helpful, please tell me how I can be. You know, I ain't too big, you know what I'm saying, for somebody to, to tell me, you know, a way I could improve. So I'm with it. You know, but I walk away feeling fulfilled. You know, but if it was just a negative environment, I wouldn't want to do it because it wouldn't it would take energy. It wouldn't give energy. You know, and if you have energy and they taking it from you. Who's going to then refill it? Who's then going to, you know, give you some some joy in return, give you some good vibes in return? You know, and if it's not in your house, you're going to struggle because now when you go into the world, you're going to go in the world at less than 100. You know, so what do you think? How do you I mean, how do you deal with negativity? You know, because I mean, you know, we from, you know, working class hoods, you know, hood environments, you know. So how did you deal with negativity coming up? I just drink Patron. (laughs) (laughs) Patron. Um, Again, I've always been one to try to maintain a positive mindset, um, even as a child. I can share for me as far as growing up and my mom moved my stepdad in and I was like the one that was taking care of the mm-hmm. But when he came, um, it was like rules and stuff was being set. Mm-hmm. And we clashed a lot. And mm-hmm. so in doing that, I went to school Mm -hmm. and I would take my frustrations out on people Um, they say hurt people hurt people but the way I looked at it was not that you know things was going on in my home and so I was hurt I looked at it as these people are hurting these people so now I'm going to hurt these people so Mm -hmm. to me I may create a logic for the hurt that I was causing, although they were bullies, then I was too a bully, you know? And so I spent a lot of my early twenties reaching out to people. Um, Facebook was a good thing that mm-hmm. came along because I was able to connect with people mm-hmm. that I had hurt, you know, and I asked them, you know, please forgive me for and I know you have some scars and I was very mean and different things like that but that was me trying to turn my life around to look at things in a positive light Mm -hmm. because negative and stressful situations will keep you there if your positive side don't kick in 
And it's like, yeah, I know I'm here breaking loose, but I will get through this somehow, some way. You know, I'm going to search for some, I'm going to pick up the pieces. I am going to do something that will be beneficial to me down the line. And, you know, as you start thinking positive, you start to have better coping skills during those tough, stressful moments. Um, you are not as depressed as you usually be. Your mm -hmm. immune system gets better, Absolutely. you know. Um, you lower your blood pressure. We always talk about, you know, blood pressure and things like that. You become more wise solving you know it took a lot for me to reach out to people that I hurt and mm -hmm. so now going moving forward I just try not to hurt a person it's 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 hard for me to attack people knowing their background so if you came yeah. from a negative background I don't want to sit there and and add to it and hurt you more because it's not a joke to me. Like I really do care, Absolutely. you know? Um, and so it's if it help with mood swings, like one minute you might be in one mood and the next minute some negative come along and now you in this in a whole nother mood and you was just one happy person. So going with um, employment, to be in a positive mindset, it, it helps with leadership skills. More people are drawn to you when you walk in the room and you can get things accomplished because now you have their attention versus going in there and trying to train somebody on the new system that just came out, but you negative, your body language negative and just period. People like her, huh, here she come. And now they got a scratch pad and they drawing houses and flowers. So yeah. we need to always just be mindful uh, all things like I don't mind hurting a person's feelings, not at all, but it does something to me. I get convicted afterwards, so I'd be like, I'm so sorry, you know, like I didn't mean to do that, <laughs> although you may have needed it, but I, I'm not the one to kind of give it to you. So, but see, here's the thing with that though like, I've been known to be somebody who who doesn't pull any punches, somebody who, um, you know, as people say, says things that sometimes make people cry. However, when I'm saying them, I'm typically saying them from a place of love. Um, like I remember when I worked in education, like I would, you know, I would challenge the students. I'm like, man, you need to take your butt to class, you know, or, you know, what are you doing? You know, I just looked at your grades, you know, something honestly, I wish somebody would have done for me, but you know, by the time they did, it was too late, but, you know, but I tried to be the best person to other students that I wish somebody would have been to me. Um, and with that being said, other people would, would try to emulate, you know, my toughness or my directness, and it wouldn't come across the same way. You know, and I would tell them, I'm like, it's because I really love them. And they know what I'm saying it comes from a place of love. And that one positive, the one negative thing that I said to them has been outweighed by eight or nine positive things. You know, so if you do have to have a tough conversation with somebody that you've been positive with eight, nine, ten times, that one time is not going to damage your reputation or relationship. You know, so when you do need to be tough, if you've been positive, then you can be tough because they know yeah, it's coming from a good place. 
you know, like I laugh, you know, sometimes, you know, when I hear people and their siblings get into it, like I like when you hear country and their brothers get into it, you know, and country for all of the, you know, Pollyanna stuff that they say about her and that she's just so kind and she sees all the rose colored things, she will put them boys in their place and they'll be like, okay, because they know she love them. <laughs> so perhaps the reason that your word is not good in your house is because there are not enough positive interactions. And now people see you as only somebody who criticizes them. So when you do try to parent or you do try to um, be constructive, it just comes off as more criticism. You know, but if you've been celebrating somebody and then you say, yeah, man, that really wasn't your best work right there. Yeah, I think you can do better. It's received different if I've had seven or eight positive interactions with you. You know, um, when they go and they look at marriages, you know, and they say, well, which marriages are the ones that work? The ones that work are where the people have more positive interactions than they have negative. And literally it's put in the work. Right. To be positive, to see the best in the other person, you know, to not jump to conclusions and assume that that person is hurting you or trying to demean you or trying to disrespect you. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt. And don't get me wrong. I know that a lot of the people that we talking about, you giving the benefit of the doubt to, you probably like, they don't deserve it. And they might not. However, you deserve to set yourself free from the negativity. <laughs> so I'm going to be kind because I can be. You know, I'm going to be positive because I can be. You know, I was positive with that guy today because I could be. That don't bother me. I probably ain't going to never see the man again. So why am I going to waste energy and time and run my blood pressure up for something that at the end of the day, I won't even remember. Couldn't even tell you that man's name. You know, so sometimes it is just the, the freedom that comes with now. You don't have to be all frowned up and you don't have to be all with people. You know, I had to tell them off. No, you could let that slide home. <laughs> Well, that goes to picking your battles. You right. Know. You know, kill them with kindness, I say. You know, if you're kind, okay. Because the, the, what happens is, and, the, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll wrap it up on this. What happens is, is you get to this point and you say, what is kind going to cost me? You know, if I am gracious and kind, what is it going to cost me? And if it ain't going to cost me nothing, then why am I not doing it? You know, now me being negative, it might cost me a promotion. It might cost me a friendship. It might cost me a relationship. You know, it might cost me, you know, three, four months, you know, and not talking with my family member or mother or cousin or father. And is it really worth that? You know, is me getting my leg back or me being, you know, catty or, or whatever, you know, the term is, you know, throwing shade or whatever. Is that really worth it? Because at what cost is that shade coming? You know, I was shady or I threw a little slick jab and now I'm sitting at home on Friday night with no friends. You know, now my husband went and got me some help and I'm at home looking stupid. Because <laughs> yeah. I get that, you know, we know the country don't like work wives and white cousins, but if you're a negative money and, you know, a critical Karen, 
you know, a, a snarky Sam, and now you'd have made that person have to go somewhere else for the soothing of their emotions and ego, you running them out of your house. Why would I want to run my spouse out of my house? I want my spouse to want to come home. I want him to come home happy and, and looking forward to it. You know, man or woman. I don't want my wife having to talk to somebody else in the car for 45 minutes on her way home so she can come through the door and cope. So she got to talk to Sam all the way home from work. No, I want her to come home and talk to me. I want her to tell me what's going on. And that's what a lot of us are doing. It's like we're not putting in the work. You know, we only criticize and we only send the negative. We're not appreciating our partners. And that's making them leave. It's making them cheat. And then when they cheat, you're like, well, I don't know why they're cheating. Because you've been dogging them out. You've been telling everything they do ain't good enough. They water ain't cold enough. You know what I'm saying? They water ain't wet enough, whatever the term is. And because you dogging them out, now they got to go somewhere else to find their peace. Again, how how or why would a person that you've been treating poorly continue to just let you treat them poorly? Indefinitely. The only people who do that are people who have no other choice. You know, and that means that they stand because you're paying the bills, not because they love you. You know, they stand because, you know, it's cheaper to keep her, not because he loves you. you know. So do you want to be in a loveless marriage? Do you want to be in a marriage where, you know, we sit at the table and nobody talk to each other? In a relationship where he aight, she aight, that what you want? Because you can't get these years back. When you first was with him, it was because he told you you was pretty and you told him he was handsome and you were so impressed with him and he was so impressed with you and y'all were so nice and kind to each other. And look how the relationship was working then. It was working good. Everybody was happy. We was making love and making money and everything. So we could get back to that. You know? You know, stop all these family feuds. You know, if Steve Harvey ain't standing there, why are we feuding? You know, what Jay-Z say, nobody wins when the family feuds. You know, you beefing with your mama. Hey, your mama, how old she going to be? She probably ain't going to change. But you can. You know, so set yourself free. You know, let your blood pressure rest a little bit. <laughs> You know, and stay off that daggone social media getting triggered by stuff that has nothing to do with you. you know, let them people who are unhappy with their dating lives and talking about what folks are supposed to do, let them be by themselves. You ain't got to engage in that stuff. You know, just try being more positive. You know, that might be the very thing that, that leads you to Mr. and Mrs. Right. That might be the thing that make God want to say, it's time to bless my sister. It's time to bless my child. You know, she finally get it. I can give her a good husband because now she's going to treat him right. I can give him a good wife because now he's going to respect her and uplift her and encourage her and, and protect her. 
Yeah, but why would God want to give you his best if all you're going to do is tear him down? Again, I don't want to make up your mind for you. I want you to make up your mind. But answer that question to yourself. Like, why would God give me the best thing he got if I wasn't going to do right by it? That's a good question. What you think, country? Think that's a good question? Very good. I'm gonna go ahead and hit us with some takeaways. Go right ahead. Yeah, that's a, that's a very valid question. Um, having a positive attitude takes practice, and if you're struggling with positive thinking, you know, know that you can completely get yourself together, but it don't happen overnight. You have to do these self-talks with yourself. And it can be challenging <laughs> for people who are more pessimistic, right? Having those thoughts. Um, but it's important to understand that even when you slip back into those negative thoughts, that it's okay. You're entitled to have those moments, but you have to pull yourself back out and so what matters is you're trying to encourage a, a more positive mindset because you are now becoming aware of those automatic negative thoughts that you have and then you're trying to keep them put up so that you can be more positive and and once you become aware you tend to be more positive, you know? Absolutely. So you should be asking yourself, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? Am I getting sleep? You got to accept things. You have to remember to laugh and enjoy life, enjoy the little things. Yeah, hell break loose, life be life in, and that's okay. But you have to go into that hopeful place and find those good things to give you your strength. What do you need to work on? And always remember to keep it real. Practice, practice, practice being positive. It's almost like tying your shoes. You have to continue doing it over and over again so that you can eventually see the fruits. And once you begin to see the back at you and the promotions and the relationships that, that are better, you tend to feel better. You tend to look better. You tend to love better. And on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang in there with you. Peace.